Good morning, everyone. I'm Mayor Satya Rhodes-Conway. I want to welcome you to today's briefing and start by saying that I and the entire city mourn the passing of Anissa Scott, a life taken too soon by senseless gun violence. We have to work together to end gun violence in our city, our state, and our nation. Please join us this Saturday for a unity march and Anissa's celebration of life at 11 a.m. at the State Capitol. We'll start our briefing today uh, with a representative from Public Health um, and then continue to the Madison Police Department and then hear from somebody in our planning department um, talking about the census. Uh, and so we'll first start with Public Health. Kate? Good morning, all. I'm happy to be with you today. My name is Kate Austin Stanford, pronouns she and hers, and I am the Operations Director for Public Health Madison, Dane County. So sharing with you today some updates regarding data and testing. Our average number of cases per day has declined dramatically since July 13th, when the current emergency order went into effect. On July 13th, our average number of cases per day was 98, and as of today, it's 47. We know that this hasn't been easy on anyone, but we're seeing real progress. Thank you for wearing a mask, avoiding gathering, and following public health recommendations. Between August 1st and August 14th, 83% of people in Dane County who tested positive got their test result and were contacted within 48 hours of being tested. It hasn't been at a level this high since May 21st. This lab timeliness and contact tracing metric is aggressive and ambitious. To meet this metric, people have to be tested. The sample has to be transported to the lab. The lab has to test it and then enter the results into a state database. We in public health have to link a contact tracer to the person who tested positive. The contract contact tracer has to call the person and the person needs to answer the call. And all of that needs to happen within 48 hours for 85% of cases in order to turn the metric green. Improvements at every step of the process have gotten us closer to that 85% goal. As always, you can see our latest data snapshots and our data dashboard and access the dashboard, uh, which is updated daily on our website. Regarding testing, we are happy to announce that we have a new South Madison community test site. It's located at the village on, on Park, 2230 South Park Street. Testing there is free, and anyone five years of age and older can be tested. The site is open Mondays and Fridays from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. It is also open on Wednesdays from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. We strongly recommend appointments, which are scheduled in 15-minute increments. And folks can schedule an appointment by calling 608-243-0302. You will not be asked for identification and you will not be asked for your immigration status. Spanish and Hmong translators are available on site and free transportation is available. And please visit our website for details regarding transportation. And for the past few days, we've partnered with the River Food Pantry uh, to offer a pop-up testing site at their 2201 Darwin Road location. So free testing is still open today at the River Food Pantry from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. for anyone five years of age and older. You do not need to be visiting the food pantry in order to be tested. And finally, last week, 
at the Alliance Energy Center community testing site, 12,864 people were tested. And to date, nearly 128,000 people have been tested at the Alliance Energy Center since we began community testing on May 11th. Thank you. Thank you, Kate, and thanks again to everyone who has helped us um, to re-flatten our curve. Um, please keep up the good work there. Next, we'll hear from Chief Wall of the Madison Police Department. Uh, good morning. Uh, since the murder of Anissa Scott uh, about a week and a half ago, the members of the Madison Police Department have been working tirelessly day and night to locate the individuals involved in her killing, bring them to justice, and provide a sense of closure for her family. Last week on Friday, we made two arrests in the murder, and this morning I can announce that we've made a third arrest uh, in connection with Anissa's killing. Uh, the arrested person's name is Jerry Ward. He's from Madison. He's 17 years of age. Uh, Ward was arrested yesterday afternoon, and he was armed with a handgun at the time of his arrest. He was also connected to uh, looting activity uh, in late May on State Street, and yesterday he was booked into jail on a burglary charge uh, in connection with that looting for burglarizing a business in the 600 block of State Street. Uh, later today, he will be uh, charged additionally with first-degree intentional homicide and attempted first-degree intentional homicide as party to a crime. Uh, gun violence continues to be uh, the number one issue for MPD and for our people. Uh, it's uh, the, the surge, the numbers, the problems that we have seen this summer are really unprecedented, and we continue to devote uh, all of our resources to resolving them. Uh, I do want to offer some thoughts and suggestions to the community on some simple things that uh, can be done to help. Uh, you've heard us talk a lot about uh, also increasing numbers of burglaries and stolen cars, which have been problems in the city uh, for the last couple of years. And a trend that we're really seeing this summer is the use of stolen vehicles in acts of gun violence. Uh, and. This is a, a, an area where I think all members of the community can help. Uh, all too often, in fact, most of the burglary cases we see, uh, entries are made through open doors or unlocked doors, and all too often vehicles that are stolen have keys in the car and are left unlocked, or keys are left someplace in a home that are easily accessible through an open door. And as we're seeing, these are crimes of opportunity that are occurring, and people are looking for open doors, looking for cars with keys in them, going into residences through open doors and looking for obvious places where car keys would be and then stealing cars. And unfortunately, uh, the result is not just going out joyriding, the result is involvement in much more serious criminal activity, robberies, additional burglaries or car thefts, and gun violence. And so uh, we have really tried to uh, put forth a lot of information and reminders to, to the community to uh, lock it or lose it, as we say in our social media campaign. And uh, as a reminder, one thing you can do to help us uh, address gun violence is trying to prevent stolen cars. Don't leave keys in your car. Don't leave keys in your home in a place where they're easily findable. And please keep your doors 
uh, closed and locked even when you're at home. Simple things like that can go a long way towards uh, preventing car thefts, preventing burglaries, and uh, down the road helping us uh, investigate uh, acts of gun violence. Thank you. Thank you, Chief, and thanks to the entire department for the good work that you're doing, um, and particularly on the really tragic case of Anissa Scott. Um, next, we're going to hear about the census uh, from Ben, who's one of our excellent planning department members. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I want to focus my remarks today on non-response follow-up for the 2020 census. Non-response follow-up is when the Census Bureau uh, sends their employees uh, into the field to knock on doors to try to get responses from households that have not yet responded by mail, online, or over the phone to the 2020 census. These census takers will be from the Dane County area. Non-response follow-up started on August 11th in Madison. Um, tenants and homeowners who do not speak the same language as a census taker can request a return visit from a taker, census taker who does speak the same language. If no one's home when the census taker visits, the census taker will leave a notice of their visit with information on how to respond to the census online, uh, by phone or by mail. People who have not yet responded to the census should do so now if they prefer to avoid having a census taker knock on their door. People can still self-respond online at my2020census.gov in 13 languages or by a phone at 844-330-2020 in English or 844-468-2020 for Spanish. And there are also 12 other languages available uh, to respond by a phone for the 2020 census. Census takers will wear masks and follow local and state public health guidelines with respect to COVID-19. And they'll be carrying an ID badge with their photo, a U.S. Department of Commerce watermark, and an expiration date. They may also be carrying a Census Bureau bag and other Census Bureau gear. Households that do not self-respond or answer the door will likely get follow-up visits from a census taker. Um, and I want to emphasize also that the Census Bureau is going to be focusing their non-response follow-up on South Madison this weekend. Um, that runs generally from St. Mary's Hospital to about Rimrock Road. Um, their employees will be out from 9 a.m. to dusk, um, so we want to encourage everyone in South Madison and around the city to answer the door when a census taker knocks. Um, responding really only takes a few minutes for smaller households and up to around 10 minutes for larger households. Obviously, the census is only every 10 years, so that uh, few minutes every 10 years makes a big difference for the city. Um, that's because census data informs the drawing of electoral districts and the distribution of hundreds of billions of dollars in federal funding every year. For example, most recently, uh, census data was used to distribute funds to state and local governments under the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act. So we know that having a complete count will be critical for the next 10 years for the city, county, and state. I do also want to mention that the Census Bureau recently moved the deadline from October 31st up to September 30th. And we know that an estimated 30,000 households within the city of Madison still need to respond. The shortened time frame will most negatively impact people that have been undercounted in past censuses. 
such as populations of color, immigrants, renters, and lower income residents. Um, so again, we want to remind folks that the census is confidential. No personal information can be shared with anyone outside of the Census Bureau, and that there are no questions on the census regarding citizenship or immigration status. Right now, Madison's response rate for the census is at about 73%, which lags our 2010 response rate, but does still place us in the top 10% for response rates when compared to peer cities around the country. So while we're doing well in comparison to many other places, we still have a ways to go over the next six weeks for a complete count for the city of Madison. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. And I just want to really encourage people again to please fill out the census at my2020census.gov. It is critical that everyone in our community be counted, um, both in terms of representation, but also in terms of the funding that flows to the city and the state from the federal government. So please fill it out online, fill it out over the phone, uh, talk with a census taker. And I want to say thank you to the census takers, too. I've seen folks out on the street knocking on doors, and I really appreciate the work that they're doing there. Um, I have a number of updates to share with you today. Um, first, I just wanted to highlight that last week um, I spoke in, in lieu of a, a media briefing, I spoke about the unique challenges that we're facing as a community and the actions that the city is taking to address each of those challenges. I covered the many ways that the city is keeping our community safe during COVID-19 the ongoing and future efforts to support equitable economic recovery, and I committed to including violence prevention efforts in my executive budget, which will be issued in the fall. You can watch the address on the award-winning Madison City Channel um, or find it on the Mayor's Office website. I also want to share that effective immediately, the Madison Public Library will no longer charge overdue fines on library materials. Our library has joined public libraries all across the nation that recognize library fines as an equity issue. And by eliminating fines, nearly 10,000 library users will be able to check out library materials again and take advantage of everything that our award-winning libraries have to offer. I want to thank the library board for their leadership in this. I want to next speak about the November election. I know there's been a lot of concern in the community about the safety of absentee ballots um, arriving uh, for the November election uh, in time to be counted. And I want to assure you that the city and our excellent city clerk's office are working very hard to make sure that everyone has a safe, secure, and healthy options to vote this fall. Uh, I just want to run quickly through some of the ways that we are working to balance health and safety needs of Madison residents um, with the essential right to vote. We are encouraging and increasing absentee voting by mail and early in person. Absentee ballots for November will be mailed by September 17th, and you can request and track the status of your absentee ballot on the MyVote website, which is myvote.wisconsin.gov. We're also providing assistance to help voters comply with the absentee ballot requirements. The most common reason for a rejected ballot is a lack of voter signature. So please, if you do vote absentee, make sure that you sign your ballot and that you get a witness signature on the ballot as well before you return it to the clerk's office. 
Um, we will be installing secure drop boxes to facilitate the return of absentee ballots. Uh, the goal for November 2020 is to provide 14 drop boxes equitably distributed across the city. Um, those locations uh, and details are still being finalized and they will be promoted well in advance of the election on the clerk's office website, which is cityofmadison.com slash clerk. We are also deploying additional staff to expedite uh, and improve the accuracy of absentee ballot processing. Um, and we are expanding our voter education and outreach efforts, particularly uh, to historically disenfranchised residents. We'll be producing videos, introducing voters to the election process, voting options, and to explain the safety precautions that we're taking at the polls and at early voting sites. Starting September 22nd, which is National Voter Registration Day, the clerk's office will have poll workers stationed throughout the city to register voters and accept the delivery of absentee ballots. These poll workers will be able to serve as a witness if needed. Uh, details on the location, days, and hours will be on the clerk's office website. We're also expanding in-person early voting, including curbside voting. We plan to provide over 20 in-person absentee voting locations for the 13 days leading up to the November election. Again, details on the clerk's office website. We are recruiting poll workers um, and improving our training and safety efforts. If you're interested in being a poll worker, please contact the clerk's office. We can use you. And we're ensuring safe and efficient election day administration. This includes additional hand sanitizer for poll workers and voters, disinfectant spray, plexiglass shields, face shields for curbside election officials, and masks for all poll workers and observers. So if you do choose to vote in person on election day, it will be safe. In the August 11th election, we saw a 39.1% voter turnout, uh, of which over 80% was absentee ballots. That turnout is up from the 22% that we saw in the August 2018 election. So thank you, Madison, for voting. Um, I just want to emphasize again, uh, we really encourage people to vote absentee, but to make sure you do so in a way that ensures your vote will be counted. You can request your absentee ballot today on the MyVote website. And then you can choose to mail it as soon as possible in return um, or to utilize one of our uh, in-person drop-off sites um, or to drop off on election day at the polls. We'll also have absentee in-person options um, and of course the polls on election day. But whatever you do, please register, please vote. Uh, moving on, I just want to talk a little bit about um, some Vision Zero safety work that we're doing. We've seen uh, really disturbing car speeds on East Washington Avenue over the weekends and that are creating very dangerous situations for motorists, pedestrians, and bicyclists. Um, and so the Madison Police have been working hard to educate and enforce the traffic laws. Thank you, Chief, for that effort. Um, and they have issued numerous citations. Uh, the pattern that we're seeing is that many of the drivers are uh, of a younger age and are um, from surrounding areas that don't live in Madison. Uh, we're working to discourage this behavior both through enforcement but also traffic engineering is uh, using engineering and education efforts including lane and turn restrictions, signal timing, signage, and more. That will continue um, over the weekends and we will continue to, to shift 
um, the tools that we're using um, to make sure that we are having an impact uh, to reduce that behavior. An update on uh, how we are working to help our homeless neighbors. Um, the city and the county have collaborated over the course of the COVID-19 pandemic to get more than 500 vulnerable people off the streets and into safer settings that have allowed for physical distancing. We've used hotels to reduce the pressure on local shelters, um, and we have moved shelters, uh, again, to allow that physical distancing. We are also um, screening uh, for COVID-19. We have testing at four of the homeless shelters. I want to thank uh, our partners at Unity Point Health Meritor um, and Public Health Madison-Dane County for making this testing possible. Um, we are testing every other week at these shelters. Um, and the early results of testing show that the public health protocols that have been implemented within the shelter system have been quite effective thus far in protecting our homeless community and preventing the spread of COVID-19. We also have, uh, in conjunction with the Dane County Continuum of Care, just released a funding opportunity offering more than $3 million to service providers to support rapid rehousing efforts. Rapid rehousing programs support rental assistance, housing relocation, and stabilization financial assistance. And with these funds, we hope to help individuals who are at high risk of COVID-19 get connected to permanent housing with adequate support services. Next, an update from Metro. Uh, Metro buses are operating on modified Saturday, Saturday service schedules through August 22nd. Um, the capacity on the Metro Transit buses is limited to 20 passengers plus the driver. Uh, currently, fare collection is suspended, but fare collection will resume on Tuesday, September 1st. Uh, currently, customers are boarding and exiting the bus using the rear doors. Um, but we will start using front door boarding again on September 1st in conjunction with fair collection. Um, and we are asking everyone to wear a mask when you ride. So please be ready with your mask. Um, in uh, uh, trying to get some good news in here also, um, so some good news is that Public Health Madison-Dane County is launching a breastfeeding peer counseling program uh, as part of their WIC service. This program will connect people who are pregnant or breastfeeding and participating in WIC to peer support that is intended to help them reach their breastfeeding goals. And we know how important breastfeeding is uh, for young children's success. Uh, so if someone is interested in signing up for WIC or they're already enrolled and would like to work with the peer counselors, they can call 608-267-1111. That's 608 267-1111. And uh, Ulbricht Gardens is happy to announce that the new Frouchy Family Learning Center uh, addition to the Ulbricht Building has achieved a LEED Platinum certification by the U.S. Green Building Council. This is the city's fourth platinum certification overall and the third in the last two years. Platinum is the highest certification level and exceeds our City of Madison goal, which requires a minimum of silver certification on all major renovations and new construction for city-owned buildings. The, the new learning center at Ulbrich uh, will enhance learning opportunities related to sustainability and garden stewardship. Um, it's, uh, the project is contributing to the garden's goal of becoming an internationally known leader in environmental education. I wanna highlight some of our community resources, our housing helpline, is 608-264-0549, or you can email housinginfo at cityofmadison.com. Uh, 
Um, if you're in need of emergency food options or other help, please call United Way 211 or text your zip code to 898-211. The PSC internet and phone helpline is 608-267-3595. Uh, if you need help finding a child care provider, you can call a referral specialist from 4C, the Community Coordinated Child Care, at 608-216-7022. And finally, a few upcoming meetings. Um, on August 24th at 5.30, the Plan Commission will meet. August 25th at 4.30, the Water Utility Board meets. And Wednesday, August 26th at 2.30, the Committee on Aging at 5 o'clock, the Transportation Commission, and at 5.30, the Community Services Committee. All of those meetings are virtual, online, and you can access them through the city's website. All right, and we will take now uh, a few questions. Thank you, Mayor. We have a few questions, and they're all for Chief Wall. Okay, well, we'll bring the Chief back up. <laughs> Morning, Chief. Um, the first question is, are there any security plans for the Anissa Scott funeral this weekend in the wake of what happened at Ghana Park Memorial? Yeah, we, uh, we've been involved in the planning process for the services. Uh, we'll have uh, officers that are involved in providing traffic control and presence during the march, and, and I imagine there'll be some of us actually participating in the march as well, including me, uh, and there will be officers present, so yes. Okay, I believe you touched on this a little bit, um, but the question says, has the Anissa Scott investigation yielded any connection to other recent shootings in Madison, and if so, which and what is that connection? Well, it's an ongoing investigation, so I won't you know, get into details in terms of what it may or may not be connected to. Uh, as I've said in general about uh, the spike in gun violence we've seen this year, certainly there's different clusters that uh, we think are related to each other with retaliation and sort of back and forth acts of, of shootings. And, uh, but in terms of how this uh, shooting plays into that, uh, that's still something that's part of our investigation. Two more for you. Um, is, is it believed that Ward, Carrion, and Brown were in the same vehicle at the time of the shooting? Yes. Uh, are you searching for the driver of Anissa Scott's uh, vehicle? Is that driver considered a suspect, and will they face criminal charges? The driver of Anissa Scott's vehicle? vehicle. Uh, we, he's been identified, and we've spoken to him, and he's not considered a, a suspect uh, in her killing at all, no. Thank you, Chief. And those are the questions, Mayor. Okay, well, thank you all again. Um, we will be skipping next week, um, and so coming back the week after that, uh, planning on another briefing um, two weeks from today. And I want to remind everyone to please wash your hands, wear your masks, and stay safe. Thanks. <laughs>